This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. First of all, congratulations on being named best FIFA men's coach for the second year in a row. I know you quoted Arsene Wenger in saying to be a good coach, a world-class team helps. Uh, and obviously you've got four players named in the World Eleven as well, but ultimately you're responsible for assembling and getting the best out of that team. So what does a, an award like this mean to you personally? Well, thank you very much, first of all. Um, oh, yeah, I'm grateful for it, obviously. Um, first, for the first moment, it was um, like everybody else. I was um, like looking a little bit wide-eyed, like, um, uh, how did that happen? I didn't expect it, not at all. I thought Hansi Flick uh, won pretty much everything in the last year. Um, that, that would be the case. I wanted to be there because I wanted to show respect because I was last year in Milan and uh, when it was a really nice event. And Pochettino was there as well um, and this kind of stuff. So I thought that night, if I will be nominated again, I will show up even if I have no chance to win it. Um, and then now, meanwhile, I know that it's uh, like obviously four different categories, managers all over the world voted, the majority of them voted for me, the players as well, media and fans, obviously more for Hansi Flick, which I get completely. And then I, it's not my choice. So um, I'm now I'm happy about it, to be honest. It's a special, it's a special thing for my coaches and me. I saw them now already, they, were, they are buzzing um, and Actually, if you would have asked me, um, are you the world's best coach? I would have said no. If you would have asked me, do you have the world's best coaches around you? I would have said yes. So um, we take the award like this. It's, uh, it's all good. There are more important things in the world, but um, it's a nice one. I've got to ask you about this again, because obviously there was a vote yesterday. Five substitutes wasn't voted in but the naming of nine players on the bench was. How adequate a compromise is that, in your view? No, it's, I think it's two different decisions, but it's, I'm not sure it's a compromise, but it's, um, yeah, come on. Uh, I don't want to, and I, I really think I, I cannot do the favour again um, to create here headlines, um, because I don't want, everybody knows my opinion about the, the case. Um, and you have to ask, other people. There were 10 clubs and everybody knows the 10 clubs uh, which voted against it, against the thing which was not about the competition, which was not about uh, advantages or stuff like that. It was only about player welfare um, and they voted against it. Pretty much only them voted against it in, in Europe the world, if I'm right. So I don't know how, what the percentages of leagues who have now five subs, I don't know it exactly because I don't know about leagues out of Europe. In Europe, all the leagues have it. And I think there must be a good reason for it. And in all these leagues, there are, is competition. Eh? So in all these leagues, every club wants to stay in the league. Every club wants to win. The, some clubs wants to win the league, but for sure all of them want to stay in the league. But here's the only um, country pretty much the only league because the championship decided differently um, where we do it differently. So it's not me to give an answer. You have to ask the others and I will, I will try to, to catch up with all the articles you write about that if you do that. 
just following on from the big positive of the win against Spurs, another positive was seeing Thiago back out on the pitches at Kirby. Just how close is he now to a return? And you almost have to hold him back a little bit because I think he would be as eager as anyone to really get his Liverpool career up and running now. He is, he is. And um, we already made jokes here. Um, but we said, yeah, I think we should sign Thiago for January. Um, and <laughs> so he gets closer and closer and um, it, it is a good way. But we will not rush it. We cannot rush it. And um, and he is will not because he's not allowed to rush it. So, um, But of course, it's nice having him on the pitch, training, doing a lot of stuff. But he was not in team training yet. And that's actually the final step. Um, we will see how this weekend looks with him on the pitch and then next week can he be in team training i don't know in a moment 100 percent um few tests uh, he has to pass a few few tests on the pitch until we make that decision and then yeah hopefully that's not only for him the case uh, with millie it will be similar with shak it will be similar um did i forget if I forgot somebody, it's not for it's not that I'm disrespectful. It's just a, a lot of players are injured in the moment. So, thank you, Vinny. And we go to Mandy and say congratulations for winning the Christmas tree off with Vinny there. Much much better. So uh, your two questions, Mandy. <laughs> thank you. First of all, not quite Jurgen's award, but yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> um, Jurgen, some would say that Palace have had a, a very inconsistent start, but they've obviously beaten Southampton, United. They've drawn with Spurs. So, how impressed have you been by them so far? Very. Um, just because of the the talent of the group, uh, so I have to say. So, results is one thing, and it's very important for the specific clubs. But um, for me, it's much more important um, what kind of performance level they are capable of and that's impressive i have to say but if you go through the ranks um the strikers they have in the squad it's um now they played with saha and benteke um um and benteke had a red card but on the bench in that moment is ayu which was one of the main players last year and Badrai. so um they they have made good signing with as a really good talented boy Gives them the freedom to put Saha a little bit higher up on the pitch um, because maybe a similar profile the two boys um, and very experienced last line made kind of ten hours and a half. Um, Mamadou Sakho is injured, so they could even rotate. I think uh, Cahill and who else was not even in the squad for the last game, which will play 100%. And Schlup, I think Kaelin and Schlup were, were arrested for the game against us. So it just shows you how confident they are and how how, how comfortable the situation um, they have. And um, so I'm, I'm impressed about the performance level they are able to play. But consistency, I have nothing to do and don't know exactly about that. Um, but they look, they look good, they look sharp. So it will be a tough one. You're unbeaten in nine league games, but you haven't won away in the Premier League since September. How much of a concern in it is that, and how do you turn it around? We didn't feel it. Maybe that's our mistake, but it's not that we... Um, it was a little bit about our opponents away. We were slightly unlucky as well um, in one or two games, um, I would say. But on the other side, it's it's the it's a fact, it's the truth. We we didn't win a lot um, away from home, so uh, we try to change that by doing the right things again and the not so right things not anymore. Um, put another shift in, just these kind of things. Um, yeah, playing 
the best possible football is actually the plan um, away and home um, and from time to time we could achieve that and we, we try tomorrow again okay we go to ian kennedy and then james from talksport and then carl and that'll conclude the open but ian kennedy from bbc merseyside first Hi, Jürgen. Um, just following on from that point, um, are you finding, because you are the champions now, are you finding this season, particularly away from home, as we've mentioned there, that teams are raising their game because they want to beat the champions? Does that make it more difficult away from home this season? It would be probably a better question to ask the other teams if they are more <laughs> desperate now to, to, to beat us. Honestly, since I'm at Liverpool, my, my feeling is um, wherever we go, everybody wants, wants to beat us. So um, the great history of this club, for different reasons, um, doesn't, uh, not a lot of other teams fancy the great history of this club. So um, I, I said it once when we came to Newcastle in a, in a situation where Newcastle was completely safe in the league and stuff like we came there and it was like the World Cup final. And I thought, wow, what's going on here? So that must have, the reason must be in the, in the past. Uh, because we didn't do anything wrong against Newcastle since I'm here at least I think um, so that's it I don't know but we didn't even come into a situation where we, where we felt like the reigning champion if you want maybe the first or the second match day since then we just tried to sort our own problems and to get through it somehow um, so our smallest problem in the moment is that we won last year and everybody wants to beat us now that everyone wants to beat us I know that's a problem but is it because we won the league last year no idea. And, it, and it's so important to make a fast start right from the beginning of a game. I think it was something you spoke about after the Fulham game, but you seem to do it against Tottenham. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> I think it was Chini in, in the dressing room before the before the Tottenham game. Don't let don't let us waste the first half again. <laughs> it was shouting through the dressing room. We should have shouted that again before we came out of the dressing room after halftime uh, because we wasted kind of 10, 15 minutes then. So um, obviously, uh, yeah, it was a different game, but it makes completely sense. But if you don't have the perfect start, which is completely normal because it can happen, then you have to restart in the next minute, not after halftime. So um, yeah, we have space for improvement. It's incredible. But... Um, the boys played a pretty good game in the last game. It was a really difficult game. And so now we feel good um, in this moment um, and we try to use that. Fantastic. Okay, we've got James from TalkSport, Carl from Press Association. And if people can start using the hands up for the breakout section, that'd be great. James, TalkSport first. Jürgen, I believe I'm right in saying there's something like 62 hours between the end of the Spurs match and the start of the Palace match tomorrow. So how have preparations been for the game and what sort of contest are you expecting? Because Crystal Palace are in quite a similar situation. Yeah, that's the main difference this time um, to all the other to all the other games we played at 12.30. When two teams have exactly the same, it doesn't make the timing better. It's just then obviously a fair competition. So um, yes, we had that much more often than all the other teams, but um, that's now not the problem. The problem is now between Wednesday night and, and Saturday 12.30. There's not a lot of time for anything. Um, and we will see who can cope better with that. But it's the most tricky thing to do for a manager, I can tell you. Okay, Carl Markham's finished the open, then we'll go to the embargo, which I'll make clear. Hi, Jürgen. Carl. 
just following on from that, after, after this game, you've got an eight-day break before your next game. I'm just wondering if you if that gives you a chance to to give the players a, a, an extended period of time off in this this period. Yeah, we meet again an hour before the West Brom game. <laughs> no, yeah, 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 they will they will have they will have a day off, um, of course. Uh, but the, the 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 thing the thing is that. We have to prepare the rest of the season as well. So it's like um, do nothing or, or do recovery is a massive difference. But of course, they will have time off. That's clear. But um, we will for sure use the first two, three days for, for extended recovery. Um, however, we'll do that. Not finally decided yet. And um, But then we will prepare the West Brom game, obviously, and uh, the rest of the season because um, you cannot train in this, in this period. That's a... So yes, the intensity of the, the amount of games is, is, is really is a hard one, but um, the, no time for proper training is another challenge. Uh, and that's what we obviously want to use then. And um, hopefully it will help us for the rest of the season. And also, Karen, to that point, Andy Robertson's played every minute of every Premier League game so far. Genie's played every minute, apart from maybe one game. I'm just wondering, as a manager, how, how welcome is that for you to know to, you can rely on sort of the resilience of those players, you know, week in, week out? Very welcome. But again, don't want to speak about it. Just happy about it. Fine. No more words. <laughs> Sorry, Carl, I think you're falling victim to superstition there. Thank you. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.